0: Coming this March exclusively to my Patreon is my first written, illustrated, graphic novel by yours truly. It is a homage to Fahrenheit 451, as Guy Montag now has to serve out 30 days without technology, with the lights out. And in that process, he discovers a talent he never had, drawing life into the world. Now as his sentence dwindles down and he's ready to return to society, maybe, just maybe, he has found something more to go for. Exclusively on Patreon, starting this March check it out now in the episode description below. Then it'll be officially go time. One sec. Oh, well, there we go. Come here. here, it goes. Oh, it's actually, I, because I did this earlier, it's all taken care of. All right, are you guys ready? Let's rock.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome everyone to episode 1046 of Just Joshing. This is a special episode here. I am with the Heritage Anthology writers. I might be the adult in the room, and I'm a little scared <laughs> of that. Um, let before we before we get started, before we before we fully commit, I want to introduce the panel here of esteemed writers and creators and comics. Here, let's go, Deborah. We'll start with you. Then we'll go to Lorraine, Rosemary, and Rosina. i are just gonna do it in that order.
2: Okay. Hi. Thank you so much. Um, I'm. Deborah, DJ Stevenson. I write under a whole bunch of pen names. So just go to bluetricksbooks.com to to see my bibliography. But um, mainly what I write is science fiction and fantasy, which is why I really loved this idea. Because it's science fiction, it's alt history, it's feminism. And the rest of this group, all these fantastic writers, they've graciously agreed to jump on board with me. So we're just going to have all kinds of awesome stories that are all going to be thematically similar, but also really, really different. Lorraine,
1: my name is Lorraine Anderson. I actually put my the J in there because otherwise I get mixed up with a nature writer. Uh, so it's under Lorraine J. Anderson, and I, that's my. Uh, laurianjanderson.com um i actually started doing fan fiction many many years and got tired of that and fan fiction is sort of eh <laughs> nowadays uh so i started my own write. i write mostly fantasy and uh the last one i wrote was a murder mystery
0: awesome rosemary
3: Oh, hi. I'm Rosemary Jones. I write under Rosemary Jones, and I'm the Rosemary Jones who writes media tie-in fiction. I've had a few books out with Wizards of the Coast for Forgotten Realms, and more recently, I've been doing alt-history for Arkham Horror. If you hit a Rosemary Jones who writes Bermuda Travel Guides, that's not me, but oh, how (laughs)
4: much I wish it
0: was. (laughs) And last, but
4: certainly not least, Rosanna. Uh, hi, my n- name is Rasana Atreya and I worked in tech for many years. I was a Unixus admin and then I had a baby and it's the babies are not compatible if the network goes down at three in the morning. So then I was forced to switch uh, and I started out uh, freelancing for newspapers and then once uh, graduated to novels, and now I write women's fiction. I've never written a sci-fi before, so this is going to be my first.
0: All right, so let's go to the second point. So how did you all come together? What was the secret origin story?
2: Yeah, it was basically, I asked a bunch of friends I knew who were crazy enough to say yes, and then we decided we wanted we wanted more, we wanted broader voices. So we, in, we, we cast a wider net and asked some other people. Um, one of the very, very first decisions we had to make was, was this going to be, the, the theme was set. It was improving women's lot in history and society and the culture. And this alt history anthology turning points would have a positive and permanent effect. So our big, my biggest question at the beginning, because I could see pros and cons of going either way, was did we invite men? And for this, for this anthology, even though there's a ton of awesome guys out there, I decided we wanted it to only be women. And hopefully this will be a very successful anthology and we can do more and the guys can play in the sandbox too.
0: Okay. All right, so to the rest of you, I'll start again, we'll go in reverse order. Rosanna, what, what intrigued you about the con- coming into this?
4: So um, I've been thinking on and off about writing sci-fi and I've just never gotten into it. And when Sue Quinn contacted me uh, uh, and I'm uh, I'm also very, in, very interested in climate fiction. So I said, you know, maybe I can combine it together and see where it takes me. So,
0: all right, we're gonna to go to Rosemary.
4: Um, it was basically I
3: I got to do um a historical superhero matchup that I you know the minute I heard the theme I went, we want to write about Victoria Woodhall Martin, who was the first woman to run for president in 1872 and i am an enormous Nellie bly fan i have collected Nellie Bly memorabilia for years um for those who don't know who she was she was a reporter who went around the world in less than 80 days in the 19th century to prove a woman could do it and do it alone and so i just i wanted to have victoria make a second run for president and i wanted Vic- nelly to be her campaign manager so the story is going to be Victoria for President, says Nellie Bly.
0: And Lorraine.
1: Well, I've known Deborah for some years now. We've met at Shore Leave, um, the Shore Leave Convention. Um, I just thought it would be interesting. It took me forever to come up with a concept, though. And, and January is a very, very busy month for me, so she was probably sweating bullets waiting for me to come back with my concept. I work uh, for an accounting firm and payroll. Uh, But I finally thought of uh, Shakespeare's wife, you know, what what if she wrote the plays instead of William? And then I thought, well, you know, Queen Elizabeth, the first was reigning right around that time. So what if Elizabeth, Elizabeth the first was patron of William Shakespeare. So, what if she was also, if Elizabeth was also patron of Anne Hathaway, uh, Shakespeare's wife? And what would happen if uh, Anne Hathaway started to get female actors because they did not have any female actors back then? So you know, it it's starting the concept is still evolving right now.
0: <laughs> well, it's it, it's an irony, right? Because Shakespeare Shakespeare's plays, I mean, when he had women characters, they were played by men Oh yeah. Right. So it's I, I, I can I the ironic part of that definitely even appeals to me. So that yeah, you got a cool idea. It'll be interesting to see where you go with it.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, now that I've I'm through working, maybe I get a chance to think about it more. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, and Rosemary, that, that actually sounds very interesting. I, I I hope you guys don't mind. My favorite, um, it, real like historical thing with, with how badass women could be, were the night witches from the Russian. Oh yeah. War II. Mm-hmm. Uh
3: I love the night witches. I've I've played around with a couple things with with that that group I, and with I, a female av- aviators. So yeah, there's a there's an incredible story that, there. For people who don't know, they were the Russian women who flew combat missions.
0: Yeah, and, and
3: generally uh, in the worst planes because well, they die at night
0: I, I, actually yeah. actually see you, you're not doing that justice let me like there were wooden <laughs> wooden planes yeah so they couldn't they couldn't fly them at the day the reason they were called the night witches was because they weren't a if they flew in the day they would have died
4: like, mm. they would have
0: got killed but at night you couldn't see them and you realize that really early on and they t- terrorized the Nazis. Like they terrorized them. They really I, uh, did.
3: They were um but you know the the Russian um I, I had an opportunity to see an incredible display about um the Noctex and um but the Night Witches and uh our Museum of Flight here in Seattle. And yes I've been wildly intrigued by them. There's been a couple of good books out about them. There's a, a good uh comic graphic novel series out about them, but yeah, there's there's always room for people to to play yeah. with them.
0: Yeah, I, I did an alternate history take on them. I have a night witch trying to kill evil versions of Knights of the Round.
3: Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's perfect.
0: <laughs> yes. Very
2: fun stuff. Yeah, I Love the Night Witches. just fascinating and, and fabulous and really great. Oh yeah. They're,
0: they're fun. What they
2: accomplished with the worst possible equipment is just amazing.
0: They were the most, for those wondering, they were the most successful Russian fleet. They had the fewest casualties in the four years they operated. Sadly, did not get the credit for it while they were in action. But that's mm-hmm. that's another story for another day. Perhaps, probably the most badass women I know in history. But definitely up there is some of the most badass women I know in history.
3: For sure. Yeah, there's um, if you're a mad book collector like me, there is actually a series of oral histories. That were taken when the women were still alive. Most of them of course have passed away because they were World War II veterans. But you can track it down still on, you know, on sites like eBay and, and Amazon. And it's mm-hmm. really good. I really recommend it. I'll
0: have to pick that up for my own reference at some point. So all right. So I guess I got your origin story. I got stories you have come up with. So I'm gonna ask Deborah, so this is your this is your brainchild. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna ask this. So why science fiction?
2: <laughs> because because of the way the world is today. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm optimist and I believe it's, it's better than it's ever been, but that does not mean there's not tons of room for improvement, especially in the status of women worldwide. So it, unfortunately, it, it is science fiction to, to show a different condition Um, and all, alt history is basically science fiction, you know, the, the what if thing and, and, and going into the future. So um, yeah, but for example, similar, kind of along the same lines as the night, which is the story I'm doing this group might, but not many people know who the mercury 13 are. Mm
0: I don't so, know what they are, so ed- McKay. Okay,
2: the, the Mercury 13 mm-hmm. in the 1960s were a group of women pilots, many if not all of whom had flown in World War II, because the, the U.S. Air Corps had women taxiing and ferrying planes. You know, Jacqueline Cochran had, she assembled a, there were over a thousand women who flew for the U.S. Army. Um, The Mercury 13 were contemporaries with the Mercury seven, the men who got to become astronauts. And the 13 women took all the same physical and mental tests and passed, but never got to fly. And there were congressional hearings and, and national drama and so the, the crux of my story is what if they'd flown? What, what would have happened? So the, there's the whole science fiction angle, sort of historic science fiction. I mean, it's NASA, it's Gemini, Mercury, Apollo, but uh, the science fiction just gives the writer so much more freedom and opens it up so much more. You can have anything happen. So that's why it ended up science fiction, uh, but a very grounded science fiction. I mean, there's supposed to be what if, but very believable what if. Not, oh, that that would never happen, that, yeah, I can't imagine it, that makes no sense. So that that's how we ended up with, you know, alt history and science fiction. Okay.
0: So... Okay, so I, let's see. I've asked everybody first, but Rosemary, I got, I got asked. I got, uh, I got, I got. I, I again, I, I, I want to hmm. make sure everybody, everybody gets their fun time in the sun here. So, <laughs> so, you sound it, you, because it, she mentioned grounded in historical, and you mentioned like a superhero kind of, kind of thing. Yeah,
3: I'm a superhero writer too. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I think that the thing is, is that. We sometimes forget, and this has been the fun I've been having um, with the series I do for Arkham Horror. It's set in the 1920s in Arkham, which is a totally fictional town, which has a little problem with um, extraterrestrial creatures and horrors and shadows. And if you play the card game Arkham Horror or you play the board game Arkham Horror, you'll know what I'm talking about.
0: Uh, I love the board game. Yeah. So, so yeah.
3: So one of the fun things I've had for the last four years in writing in this setting is in the 1920s, there was a phenomenal number of women working all over the place. They'd just gotten the vote. They were really ramping up and going out into uh, public life. And we tend to forget that sometimes. And so my first Arkham Horror book was about a silent movie crew makes movie in haunted house. And uh, the women are working there. There's an actress. But there's also a scriptwriter who's a woman, which was really true of the silence. Almost um, over half the scriptwriters were women at that time in the movies. Um, you have, you know, I have women working behind the camera as they were, um, you know, there's lots of documented instances of, of women um, being kind of the business minds behind stuff. My second book gets more into that with Deadly Grimoire. I also bring in the Aviatrix, from the game winnie but winnie's very based on a number of uh, female aviatrixes or uh, female flyers that were around in the 1920s Uh, she's trying to compete in an airplane derby and can't because the men won't let her which was very true And the final derby that was um, right at the end of the 20s was the powder puff it was called the powder puff derby which is when the women pilots got to fly across country in the races. And pretty much every famous female flyer, you know, of was in it, including Amelia Earhart and um, one woman died in this cross country, but you know, a bunch of them made it too. And if you look at their lives, their lives are so fabulous, fantastic, and go in so many directions after that. Um, you could write a whole series of books where you don't have to get too fantastical about the fiction and have a really good story, so that was kind of my idea. And then again, to go back to what I'm doing right now with uh, Victoria—I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of people have heard of Victoria Woodhull, sort of know that she ran for president, but she is a huge, interesting, complex character and in herself. I'm having a really fun, kind of delving into her bio and figuring out what kind of things I'm going to pull forward for. But, yeah, she was the first woman stockbroker. She and her sister were working on wall street. They launched, um, magazines. They were very, um, seen as very socialist. They were, um, right on top of the debate about birth control, which, Kevin knows that one hasn't gone away. Um, you know, they were, they were, they were, they were a couple of scandalous women, Um, who shook things up in New York society, um, had some very high society connections, which we'll get into in the story, and um, may have even actually gotten paid to leave the country um, by some high society folks. And that was why they actually both, um, both Tennessee and Victoria essentially retired. They weren't that old, but they went off to England and they um, established lives there and married there and And never came back. And so in this case, I'm just bringing them back 30 years later to do one more round of trouble rousing. And Nellie was the same. Yeah.
2: No, it's just because it's so interesting. You mentioned women in film, and you you made the statement that there's a lot that real women actually did, and that is just so true. And unfortunately, history gets erased. It gets forgotten by a lot of people you know everyone knows about world war ii aces but how many people know the night witches Mm -hmm. um everyone knows about the inception of nasa and gemini and mercury but not everyone knows 13 women passed the same tests and the beginning of hollywood the studios i mean mgm was with mary pickford yeah Yeah,
3: united yeah she's united artists she she founded united (laughs) artists So she can keep control of her image.
2: Exactly. So many things start out egalitarian, like also the computer industry in the 80s. And the further they evolve, the more women get pushed out. So that's another major reason for, I mean, like you said, it's not really alt history. So much of it is real that people don't know.
3: Yeah, well, I will say the tentacles in Arkham, maybe not real, but um, <laughs> I have a lot of fun bringing those folks in. And as I said, I always like to kind of like uh, everybody, um, my editor loves this. I sort of started this with my Arkham books, but if you pick up any of those, you'll find at the end of it, there's usually a little afterwards by me that's like, no, no, this part is real. This is real history. These women flew, and this is where they went, and this woman did, you know, wrote this book, and this woman did this thing in Hollywood or I just got finished with a thing about female bootleggers. And I'm like, yeah, there were real, there were real female bootleggers. Al Capone wasn't the only one out there. Um, There were, there were all sorts of women who were smuggling booze and pouring drinks and were doing some really different from the way the men handled it. They, they often did a lot of, I mean, there's a lot about, um, the woman who ran bootlegging in Harlem and a lot of the money went back into support social programs. And she was really trying to um, essentially elevate her community. And I, you know, and I really, and I know some people have started writing about that and there's some really great BIPOC fiction out there about that. And I am just really excited to see folks, as I said, the more you dig back in history, the less work you have to do making stuff up, so <laughs> that's where I, I kind of come from with this stuff. As I I tend to go back and I go, oh, this is really cool, and and maybe I can bring this forward a little bit and just add a little little glitter, a little polish to it. And exactly. Josh, you are muted. Oh,
0: oh there you are. Oh. No, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Truth is stranger than fiction. I'll be lu- I'll be louder because I'm yeah. not good at the loud. Of that. So um, no, it, it's. Like even, I think, I think it's like, it's just a brief comment on today's time and then we'll just go back and talk about stories. We have so much access to information today. I mean, the details are often missed because I think we, we are, we are in an age where we almost have too much information. It's, almost, I actually had this conversation in an earlier podcast. It's almost like we all have a little bit, remember like Odin at his later thing was the God of wisdom could see everything. Yeah. Right. Omniscient want that. No one. No one wants that. <laughs> but we kind of we're in an interesting age because if we look, we have access to all this information. It's almost like, wow. Where do we begin? I think. I, I think it. it can overwhelm us, and we miss a lot of details. Right. Back in back into the when things were happening, it was easier to make things go quiet because there was no one to know. Now it's the opposite problem. Everybody is screaming at you. So now you're like, what do I pay attention to? Mm
3: -hmm. Well, that's why people like these fabulous ladies are so much fun to work with, because that's, I think, where fiction and historical fiction comes in, is we can hone in on something. And as I said, we can glam it up a bit and, and bring it forward. And I hopefully send you down the same rabbit holes we go down. Um, looking these things up it, but that I think is i'm I'm a huge consumer of historical fiction and i and I love that genre which can be everything from fantasy to romance to mystery to terror and horror and you know it's just all it means is it didn't happen right now um sometimes when they classify something from the 1990s as historical fiction I get a little queasy but <laughs> well, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's, uh, but it's true i mean it's 30 years old at this point yeah i mean yeah. i was a
0: kid at that point but i mean yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of a kid now but it's just yeah. a different kind of kid yeah. um but what i would what i would say is um it's important you find passions and i i, I think that's the, that's the way of filtering things out today is is making people aware of your passions i want to mm-hmm. uh, so we talked a little bit We'll, we'll get back, to, Lorraine. We kind of touched on a lot of the subjects of your story through the film stuff and stuff. So I wanted to just talk to Rosanna first, real quick here. Talk about a little bit more about your story. What, like, like, get in detail. Like, what fascinated you about this?
4: so i grew up in india with two things the first was the green revolution which was a bit before my time this was in the 1960s but also in uh, 1984 was the bhopal gas tragedy um union carbide was this big corporation which had set up in bhopal and uh, thousands of tons of gas escaped into the air, poisonous, toxic gas. And there wasn't information forthcoming, but the, like thousands of people were killed. And it's a generational thing. So people who were exposed to that gas continue to have uh, uh, in, during childbirth and, you know, kids born with uh, uh, all kinds of diseases for a couple of generations. And... Uh, So my connection with Bhopal was that I was in Bhopal in 1981 and this other tragedy happened in 84. So why we moved was because my mom died. So then my dad had to move us uh, uh, and my uh, grandparents raised us. So I was just thinking that but for the fact that my mom died we would have been in bhopal and i guess maybe my mom dying was meant to be because regardless i don't know that we would have survived but you know that's more morbid but the thing is that so a lot of changes happened and a lot of uh, uh, laws were passed and some were followed some were not so i just want to do an alternate take on you know, what would have happened if we could have made progress along, you know, actual progress. Because even even when this thing happened for years, there was no payout. And later uh, Dow Chemicals acquired uh, Union Carbide. And uh, even then the payout to the victims was not... Uh, did not compensate them enough. And the thing is, a lot of people, see, in America, everyone who's born, most people who are born get a social security, right? In India, it's happening now. Back then, that wasn't the case. You lived in your village and that's the, you know, those are the people who knew you. So there was no way for the government to track people. And so many people were not compensated. So all of this has been sort of going um around in my mind and i've been thinking of what a way to you know what if what if uh progressive laws had been passed and what if you know uh some uh, like i'm thinking of this young woman who's taking charge and you know going the way that uh india might have gone and i'm sorry to be so vague because I oh, it's, all, it's, all, it's okay no, no. It's no, I, 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 I can't plot. So when I start writing is when, when my characters tell me where to go. And so, and I haven't started writing the story yet. I've been sort of mulling it in the background and that's why, yeah. Yeah, it's really tricky because we want to
2: entice people and we want to make people curious and like, oh, we have to read those stories. So we have to... Get people really interested, but we can't give everything
4: away. Or no. I, I think also I came in very late no, <laughs> that so I, I I apologize for that.
3: No, I think it sounds fascinating, and I, this is mm-hmm. one of the stories. I'm I'm really I I do remember the disaster, and I I'm really looking forward to to seeing what your take on it. Because you're right, it was it was it was a terrible tragedy at the time, and and and. There's so much that could have been changed and we we seem to be heading back into a number of those kind of tragedies. So maybe it's a little bit of a warning too.
4: And what people don't seem to realize is more people were killed in Hopal than in Chernobyl. And there was more of an environmental disaster from Hopal than from Chernobyl. So, you know, just to put it in perspective.
3: Yeah, I think it's, it's a phenomenal thing to bring back forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, people hear nuclear and they think boogeyman not realizing that, you know, Bhopal was every bit, well, I mean, far worse even from numbers, Mm
4: -hmm. but,
2: but nuclear is such a, a boogeyman for some people. And I think it's a symptom, like you were talking about going back. Um, there's, I I don't know if it's worldwide or not, but in the U S there's a, an anti science trend at the moment. And I mean, I, I've worked in the nuclear industry. I it's it's not magic, it's not boogeyman and terrible. I mean, it's nuclear power is actually very safe. But people don't know, so people are afraid of what they don't know. And like you said, Chernobyl that was in the headlines forever. And Bhopal definitely was when it happened, but everyone knows about Chernobyl now. And I think if you say Bhopal to some people, mm-hmm. you have to explain what it is,
0: I, which isn't I would, a good thing. The only thing I would say is, I'm not sure it's necessarily an anti-science thing, but more of an anti-authority thing. We as this current generation has, and right, I think rightfully so, um, has trust issues with authority. And I think that's, that's to some degree that's been earned. The problem is the problem with that is, is since no one really trusts, it's, it's hard to take something credibly. The other thing too, like to your point, about Paul, I didn't know, I know about it until you just told me, right? Because the the thing is there are certain things that are that from a perception perspective that are always advertised a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then, and it has been, and, and again, and this is part of the i think the whole anti-authority issue. I think more so than an anti-science one. And it's been perpetuated in such a way that people are sick of it. And what happens oh. is now is what's happening now is everything is being re-questioned, but a lot of things are slipping through the cracks still. Well, because like yeah. I said earlier, um, what's happening is there's so much information out there that that the the ability to discern what is or isn't that's difficult for anybody no matter how well educated you are because it's just it's just become such a big net right where where how much information is out there so i i would that's the only thing i would actually say about that but i mean to that point it sounds like i wish i could say i haven't heard stories like yours rosanna because it's very it's far more com- it's far more common than I think we all would like to admit um, and it's unfortunate it's just it's just the way the world has gone in the last I'd say 10 20 years but um, it just it sounds like a really good story and sounds really 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 worth telling my question I do have a, a follow-up question for you though and this is like the personal element to you it seems like you you you're the kind of person that kind of looks back at some of the choices you've made in your life and you kind of look at maybe if not necessarily, I would, one would say what you said earlier was morbid, but in an odd way, it might've been a blessing in disguise for you, right? Because it prevented you from having a terrible thing happen. And sometimes I'm, I mean, you know, I am, I'm guilty of this too is, well, if things had worked out differently, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Is that part of the fascination there?
4: It is. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I often think about that, and I've had so many opportunities and uh, choices that I could uh, make because I wasn't in Bhopal that I am grateful to be where I am. For example, so I I went on to um, study electrical engineering, and then I came to the U.S. for my master's, and even that, in those days, it wasn't very common from women in India to travel alone and come, go to a foreign country for education, but that's what I wanted to do do. and the other thing is the other twist is so in India uh, dowry is still a thing and uh, so most uh, people save uh, for uh, the dowries of their daughters and I told my uh, father that I'm not the kind of person who needs a dowry please you know help pay for my education and I'm good and that's what and that's where I am so I'm here today because of that no, that's good. that's great. I love that.
0: An inter- an interesting twist of fate, for sure. <laughs> it, Very good. It, 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 it sounds it sounds what it sounds like when you. I would definitely like to read it when it's done, for sure, for sure. Thank you. All right, Miss Lorraine, we 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 mm-hmm. explored. We've explored the others. Let's explore you a little bit. So you so were you a big Shakespeare fan? Is this or or was it just the whole Absurdity uh, of the fact of male actors playing female lead characters back in the day. Yeah, I'm not, I don't
1: know I don't know exactly why it came to my head because I'm not terribly a big Shakespeare fan. Um I think I was just I've heard the concepts that everybody else was doing, were were doing. And I thought, well, let's try something different and something I might actually know something about. I, I was an English major in college, but that was a long time ago. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just came to my head. It's one of those things out of there.
0: I mean, it, I, I, I do appreciate the irony of, it. I'm very curious of what you'll, what you'll actually do with it. So, uh, I'm well, going to ask this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask, sorry, I'm just gonna ask this to be, and then, then we'll move on to the next thing is so, it sounds to me like you've, you've, you've had it, a career. Maybe I'm wrong on this. If I'm wrong on this, just correct me. It sounds to me like you've had a career, and now you're kind of putting your toes back into the creative realm. Is that accurate? Uh, I've,
1: well, I, I don't know if I'd call it necessarily career. I, I've been a bookkeeper for many years, and that wasn't what I started out in, but that's what I ended up and I started in writing, and I wrote off and on for many, many years. Um, and for about six years, I I couldn't do much because my parents uh, my my dad passed away, and my mom was in a nursing home. So if, you know, by the time you get home from that, it's you're you're gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's so. That, that no, I'm,
1: I'm trying to get back into it and write you know. I'm just trying.
0: <laughs> Are you having fun?
1: When I get sit down and write, I do have fun.
0: All right. Well, I don't know you very well, Miss Lorraine, so this is my I'm gonna give you a wish, if nothing else. Okay. It says I hope you I hope you get to enjoy the ride, however not much time you had to enjoy it. Because it's, oh yeah. It sounds yeah. to me like it sounds to me like you deserve to play more and i hope you get that opportunity
1: well i should retire but i don't don't see myself retiring
0: yeah and that's fine that's why i'm wishing you that's why i'm giving you this wish it sounds to me yeah. it sounds again i don't know you very well it sounds to me like mm-hmm. you have a lot you're doing and i mm-hmm. don't think you're you're uh, it, it's let's say burdensome but you do it is a lot of your time but and someone like you deserves to have fun that's just yeah. That's just a wish. It's just a personal thing. So, so. Well, the
1: other thing I do is is music. I, I sing in the church choir and I've sung on local stage.
0: Awesome! That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Solo. So, so. Uh, solo uh, solo on on stage or it's choir there too.
1: I've sung both. Okay. I've done both.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome all of you on some level i would love to have it individually as guests somewhere down
3: (laughs) thank you yeah (laughs) no i think
0: you're you'd all be fun okay so we talked about your stories We talked about your anthology uh okay so we said science fiction so i I, i'm going to sound verbally really 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 dumb here prose comics both neither what like like the presentation prose prose
3: Mm-hmm. And for this story, prose. But um again, I'd love to write comics. I, I I read them all the time.
0: I'm asking yeah. that because of Deborah Dott- Dottie. Because when I interviewed her, it was it was she's a big yeah. comic person. So I'm yeah,
2: yeah. No, this this anthology is prose. Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, heck, if it would branch out, that would be wonderful.
0: All right. Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm asking the big pipe dream question here for to Deborah here. This is Deborah. Where do you want to see this go? Like, what would be like, if it all magically worked out, what, what, where would you love to see this go?
2: Um, I'd love it to become a series, actually, because it's just such a wide open canvas. Uh, you know, we have, there's 15 authors in this anthology. All of the stories are vastly different, just from you can, I mean, you can tell that from the small group here. Um, and, I mean, I would just love it to go viral. And, you know, people would, oh, but what about this? Oh, but what about that? And, you know, it, it would just be wonderful to have more anthologies come out because each one would be so very different. Um, just to give a little a teaser, a nod to to our co-writers who couldn't be here. Just some of the other stories: someone's writing about Boudica. someone is writing about Hypatia. someone is writing about Vikings and how they relate to current day football. And when I say football, I don't mean American football. I, I mean
0: I, no, I, I, no, no, no. I, I I got it. What That's we would call
2: about um, someone's writing about Joan of Arc. Someone's writing about the Chippewa and the Medis in the Northwest. And what would happen if a battle with the Canadian troops had gone differently? Uh, Anna Komneni, Josephine Baker. I mean, they're they're all they're all over the chronological and geographical map. But it—I mean, fifteen in all of history is—I mean—it's not even a, a drop in the bucket. I mean, it's barely a molecule of water. So if this would catch on and grow, that would be wonderful.
0: All right, that's, that's fair. That's where it goes. But it's going to start one Kickstarter at a time, basically. <laughs> so, I—I I, I, again, I'm—I'm going to—I'm going to talk about. Uh, so we talked some stories here. Okay, I'm going to ask a fun. I, 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 okay, I should ask this before we start, because I know some of you haven't finished your stories. it, are you guys reading the everybody else's stuff when it's done?
2: Oh, most of us haven't started them yet.
0: Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, I mean, so. some
2: may have, but no, a lot of people haven't started them yet.
0: Okay, then I'll ask this, of all the concepts you've heard, okay, you guys can't choose your own, I'm making this really evil. This is an evil question. I'm just warning <laughs> you guys up front, right? Deborah's allowed to be out because she's the editor, so I'll let her. I'll let her. I'll let. Her, I'll let her sit this one out. But the other three, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you. What is your favorite concept you've heard that's not your own, based on the ones Night you witch. are
4: aware? Night witches. Night witches. I just loved it.
0: So, <laughs> oh. I'll, 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 I'll hit, when it's over, maybe I'll send you a piece of my novel that I have left there right now. <laughs> <laughs> it starts it up in a dead-end bar in Vancouver and goes from there it gets wild so yeah <laughs> so that that that's it uh, no so how about you Rosemary how about you Lorraine
3: uh, okay I'll, I'll go over I have to say I mean when Dever said I think when you were first pitching the thing they said oh, we've got this story about Vikings and football and it's the other kind of football I went "Ooh, okay yeah I want it I want to hear about these women so that i thought that was very cool yeah but then i but then i but then i just heard about the Bopop story and i'm like oh yeah no i want to read that and i've heard about it and shakespeare i love shakespeare and you know we don't actually know that william wrote his plays this has been no. one of the great Mm-mm. controversies of um english literature so i i'm willing to make the case for anne hathaway and i i, I can't wait to see what lorraine does with that so, yeah, I want to read them all. Yeah. Well, I'm
1: not, I'm not going to try to recreate the language, so no, no, <laughs> no, fun. yeah. I it's a toss up between the night witches and the Gemini astronauts
2: <laughs> for me, not to be a stickler, but you guys know the night witches is not in this book,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's my concept. We would need
2: both. <laughs> We need yeah. no friends because they're awesome. Yeah, we all I, love know. Them, but... <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to dodge the question, actually, although this is, I mean, all of them. They just all sound so wonderful. I can't wait to read each and every one of them. And if there's a volume two, the Night Witches would be awesome
0: just well, t- you know t- t- one t- of t- the t- many
2: t- things that we could hit on
0: if you make to a volume two just give me a shout i have a great concept <laughs> you, <I> swear. <laughs> but, anyways, right? but um
3: yeah, get get, but, the, get that funding in for volume one yeah, josh yeah. there's an opening
0: yeah uh, so where is okay so when does your campaign officially launch
2: okay our campaign launches next thursday and we're launching it in conjunction with A convention in pikesville maryland called farpoint it's it's one i go to every year so the campaign will run from february 8th to i believe march 13th so it'll be just a tiny bit over 30 days i think it's exactly 32 days or something like that because february is a short month um the kickstarter is beginning of february to beginning of march the book will publish at Shoreleave in the last week of July. And that, as Lorraine already mentioned, Shoreleave mm-hmm. is a big convention. Um, next, this year, the next one, it's in Lancaster. Both of these used to be in Hunt Valley, but they have both needed to relocate. So we're launching, it's online, but we'll, Pikesville. And then the publication, the book will come out. There'll be a launch party in Lancaster, PA at Burleaf. And of course, after the Kickstarter, it'll be available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, ebook, hardcover, paperback. Okay. And if the Kickstarter does well enough, one of our stretch goals, we actually wanna have an illustration for each story. The artist has already agreed to do that. So that would just be really fantastic.
0: Can you say who the artist is or do you want to wait until
2: the us artist know? is a wonderful person named Kat Hardy. Okay. And she she also does art for Shadowrun, in case anyone happens to to know that
0: I, I do RPG I do. name. I do actually. I, I I I GM I GM Shadowrun games sometimes.
2: There you go. She does a lot of their art. And she's absolutely cool. wonderful. Um, In addition to being awesomely talented, she is just an incredible person and an absolute joy to work with. So she's doing her cover. And if we get the stretch goal in, she'll be doing a a black and white because the the books, we're not going to do a color interior. But she'll be doing a a black and white drawing for every story. So we really need to fund the stretch goals.
0: (laughs) Okay. There you go. So for now let's talk about the campaign itself a little bit more. Um, so are you offering hard covers, soft covers, ebooks any special, mm-hmm. like special things about about the books on Kickstarter that need to be mentioned?
2: It, a lot of stuff is still in development. We will have things like um, a lot of us have other titles. So add-ins and stretch goals, there'll be a lot of eBooks offered, some hard copy offered. One thing, not as a stretch goal, but as an add-in, we're looking at t-shirts and the, the heritage, the Shifting Swirling Heritage logo will be on the front. The book cover will be on the back. So there's just um, recipes, to correspond to each character and era. And one of our members, Diana Botsford, she's the one writing about Boudica. Uh She is a master chef, basically, and she is going to, to give sourdough like basically a lesson, how to do a sourdough starter and how to bake from it and keep it and things like that. So there, there's just, there's a ton of stuff in store for the Kickstarter. We don't even have all of it set yet. Okay. So everyone will have to check it out.
0: <laughs> no, it's all fair. I just, I figured since since you're very close to the launch, I figured if there's anything you want to add, add. All right. Um, I think This has been relatively civil. I think I did a good job or you guys just did a better job. I'll I'll, (laughs) I'll let you guys a better job here. Um, Okay, what I want to do, we're gonna do this in descending order. So Rosana, we're gonna start with you and we're gonna work our way up. I don't wanna, okay, I'm gonna make this like an official invite to all of you individually, because this is, I, I would love to get the opportunity if you guys have other things you'd like to promote, discuss at some point down the road, you guys are welcome to come on my show individually, not be be great. So what I'm going to ask for, to wrap this up, I want you guys to tell me, uh, go full circle, tell a little bit about yourself and where people can find you. And then we'll wrap it and then we'll close up with Debra and then we'll wrap up with the Kickstarter. Does that sound like a master plan, everybody? Sure. I almost know what I'm doing, I swear. So Rosanna, you go first. <laughs> You go okay. first and then, uh, then, then I, we'll go to
4: Rosemary, then jo- then Lorraine, and then we'll close with Deborah. I am at uh, rasanaatreya.com. And actually, if you Google me, I'm pretty much everywhere because uh, I'm that's the only name in the world. And also, I happen to be one of India's uh, self-publishing pioneers. So Amazon flew me to New Delhi for the launch of the Kindle and all of that. That's why I'm all over the place.
0: did you say something i said i said i said rosemary oh
3: okay sorry i didn't miss that um so i'm rosemary jones you can find me at rosemaryjones.com um my latest book in the arkham horror series is the bootleggers dance which is a christmas eldritch adventure with spooky stuff and uh a lot of cool references to 1920s music Uh, My next book out will be for the uh, Collective uh, Cobalt City, which is a superheroes fantasy series being written by a number of Northwest authors. Mine will be Wrecker of Engines. It's coming out in April for the 20th anniversary of this project.
0: Wayne, how about yourself? How can people find you?
1: Uh, Well, I'm at uh, LorraineJAnderson.com. Um you probably see my name on the screen. I just didn't add the day. Yeah. Uh I have well, my last book, like I say, was a murder mystery and it was it was basically more about my life because I've worked at a lumberyard. I've also worked at a lumberyard for 36 years. And uh, so the murder mystery was about the, a female taking over the lumberyard, and the lumberyard industry around here in Michigan is very male dominated. But uh, my next book will be a, I would call it a supernatural murder mystery type. Um, the uh, CPA is being haunted by ghosts, and they tell them to do things um through his assistant who can actually see ghosts so he solves various mysteries
0: very cool all right check all these ladies out individually but we are here to launch a kickstarter so i'm going to close things out with deborah here so deborah tell the world why you rock
2: yes definitely please please follow our kickstarter we think this anthology is going to be absolutely awesomely fantastic Everyone will enjoy it. We just need people to, to back it and read it. Um, you can find me. I Hopefully, this is showing up on the screen. books.com mm-hmm. And then I am on Facebook as Rigel Allure. That's what a lot of my writing is under. My my science fiction is under Rigel Allure. Some of the fantasy as well. Um, I've, I have another series... The Vagabond's Adventures, there are two multi-millionaires roaming the countryside in a double-decker RV, which is an interesting concept that I like anyway. I-, I wrote a hockey novel about the first woman to play in the NHL.
1: Mm.
2: I have a, a mystery romance out there that parallels Phantom of the Opera. It's set behind the scenes on Broadway. So there's just, it's I'm all over the map, even though most of it is science fiction and fantasy. Uh, Next book out will be book six of the Sorcery and Steel series that will also debut in July at Shoreleaf, assuming we get it done in time. But that is the plan. It's partway through right now. So there's just always tons of irons in the fire. But at the moment, the top of the list is, is this anthology. Swifting Shifting Swirling Heritage with the H-E-R capitalized and um, I Josh you said you're going to put up the link if anyone
0: I've been putting up links for all of you guys for the last few minutes Uh
2: thank you and if anyone can't find it or forgets that if you go to blue chicks books it's also linked there and I just it it's just a ton of fun and I hope everyone enjoys reading it as much as we're having fun writing it.
0: So first off, ladies, I want to thank you very much for putting up with me. It's been a a blast to get to know you guys, albeit very briefly. And I thank you guys for being a part of this. So ladies and gentlemen, check out the Kickstarter. It will be launching February 8th. It'll be available in various formats of hardcover, softcover, ebook, and whatever other surprises deborah has in mind for us all definitely take a look you can you can you can hit the button now and register so definitely go do that and please and that
2: will well, do thank you for- so much for having us josh we really well, appreciate- thank you
0: yeah i i hope i hope you guys had fun i did i definitely did it was a cool way to close up the evening and i apologize for my big mouth with everything else i was doing today so i'm gonna say that up here um this may not be the last time you see you see at least this group, although may not necessarily be these ladies, as more, I'm definitely going to see more of them in, come on sometime next, within the next few weeks, one way or the other, while the Kickstarter is going on, you'll definitely see some more of them there. Beyond all that, folks, tomorrow I have a great, another great guest coming on the show. Um, But for everybody watching, everybody listening, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Stay inspired. Keep shining in the dark. And I'll see you guys next time. Gotta find the button now because the button is <laughs> thanks again. Yeah. <laughs> hold on fun? a second. Hold on a second here. I'm trying I'm trying to end I'm trying to end the stream. Come on, stream and show chat previews. No, no, no. Not this where no 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 not that. Okay, come on. Where are you? There we go. Looking for a better way to connect to your Kickstarter audience? Looking for videos to reach out and inform your followers what exactly is going on, fulfilling campaigns, or, you know, just creating content to interact with. I'm your guy. If you're an author looking to make something a dynamic video to reach out and actually reach your Kickstarter followers, whether it's offering a cool reward, whether it's answering mail, whether it's whatever you can imagine, I can be there to help you. Check out my Kickstarter services in the description below. Josh.
1: Josh.